right, here we are. Episode 10, 10 weeks in the making. This feels good. This feels fun. This feels new. Uh, we wanted to send a shout out to all the listeners, all the watchers, everyone who's been tuning in every week, listening. Uh, as a quick reminder at the top of the podcast, please subscribe. You can go right to the iTunes podcast link and subscribe to the Loncast. Two separate words. Please drop a like, a comment, and please subscribe. You can also listen to the podcast anywhere podcasts are listened to. Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor.fm. Also, questions, comments, concerns, please send them in to thelawncast at gmail.com. We answer weekly, um, and we like to incorporate that into the show every week. So, uh, to kick off episode 10, my name is Dan, and I turn it over to our host, Lonnie. Dan Emerson. What up? 10 episodes. 10 weeks, 10 episodes. As I may say, as my people would say, mazel tov, sir. Much mazel. I think that uh, that's an accomplishment. Yeah, it's cool. It's kind of... Um, I think consistency feels good here. I think consistency feels real good. I think yeah. you and I have found a zone. We found an audience. Yes. Um, we have, we've been uh, blessed with the ability to have the time to kind of plan out the shows. It's not yeah. exactly like we can't do this on our work schedule time. So we, we, we talk about it. We organize it. We work together during the week. And this is a break from that, which I don't think yeah. people understand that. And, you know, the people who listen to the podcast or watch it, right, you understand and we understand that this is not Noble Productions related. And that's what's good about it. I think that is the first time in 10 weeks that I've said the words Noble Productions, right, which yeah. I wanted to get through the first 10 episodes. So I made it pretty close with yeah. keeping my mouth shut because it's not about the DJ world. It's not about um, entertaining people in that realm. It's about our world and us entertaining ourselves. And I feel really good about the product we're putting out. And I know the listeners are, the watchers are, and we have some exciting news for the listeners. Uh, that are in the you know podcast realm. Obviously, you've been listening to us already, but now we're super uber available through iTunes. Yep. You, you literally can. just go into iTunes now and find the Loncast. It's two words, the Loncast, and we really appreciate the support. And with that being said, uh, ten episodes in, hallelujah, holla back. Before when we first started the show on video, I was doing the whip and the nay nay because that's a very popular current dance, brand new, brand new dance that we've been doing here. So it's brand new. I've been wanted to let that out to the crowd. That's something that's hot, hot, hot for you. Also, another current new song. So, <laughs> uh. <laughs> so <laughs> what I wanted to say first of all, because we're gonna get back to this topic a little later, we're not gonna get so involved in it because we're not news people. But I wanted to say, Dan. Congratulations. Yes, you as well. No, no, no. We already congratulated ourselves there. Now I'm congratulating. No, no, no. No, no. No what? What are you going to do? I'm congratulating you. It's, we did it. Dan. Oh, yeah. High we, five. No, no, not the 10 episodes. Oh. No, no, we did it. White men. Congratulations, oh, white men. We did it. Thank God. We taught those women what to do with their bodies, oh, man. Boy. We we say and they stay, man. Whatever we say, they do. You listen up, girls. All right. When when men talk, you start listening. Okay, you dames, you broads, you you all need to you all need to really listen to us men because we're so smart and you all are so stupid and don't know what to do with your own bodies. How could you possibly know what to do with your own body? Holy crap, America! What is going on? That was all sarcasm, obviously. I am choosing to take an alternate route on the discussion topic. Yeah. I think that we all rational people have to stand together 
and make it so that women do not have to worry about where, what men are doing in regards to making uh, decisions on their bodies, right? It's just ridiculous for us in any way, in any state, any, anywhere for us to tell a person what they can or cannot do with their body is ridiculous. Um, I know there's the other arguments that are out there that are saying, um, well, you want, you want women to have complete control over their bodies, right? They have pro-choice, but then there's no choice to kids getting vaccinated. And I just don't understand how that's even an argument out there because getting vaccinated is something that could hurt the public if you ultimately have measles or diphtheria or fucking whatever, smallpox. Yeah, I, I think this whole debate opens up a, a can of worms, you know? It's 2019, and we've come to the crossroads of Roe v. Wade. And that was in 1974. 74, and then, you know, we're coming to this new crossroad of if this should be overturned, if this should go all the way to the Supreme Court with the rulings um, down south. And, you know, you get as just a person that doesn't really know a lot about it, it like this has been a topic of contention all week across everything. It's and upsetting. Depending if you're on one side of the fence or the other, it, it needs to be talked about. Well, I, it needs I, to be discussed. And it's you know. upsetting to say the least that yeah. that these people, I don't know what their backgrounds are because I don't like I said, we don't try to pretend like we're politicians around here. What we do try to do is see both sides of the story, but I, or maybe not both sides of the story. Let me rephrase that. We don't care what the second side of the story is. Dan and I only care about our side of the story because we have a very strong belief in what our core tells us. Like Dan and I both believe in certain things and we've gone through that and our religious beliefs and politically and how we vote and the reasons why we do the things that we do. We kind of keep it to ourselves in that aspect. You know, you always don't know if Dan votes Republican or Democrat. Same thing with me. And I don't need you to know that. It's not, I don't vote on a, a, a politician. I, I don't vote on a, a, a party. I vote on a politician or, a, and most times I vote non-politicians. I vote like businessmen normally. Um, but when it comes to these kinds of <laughs> right and wrong, When it's just about right and wrong. I don't care what your belief is on abortion. If you don't want abortion, you should not have an abortion. You have every right to stand outside an abortion clinic and try to talk somebody out of getting an abortion if that's what you think you're best suited to do, right? But there should also be the door for that other woman to walk into who has heard your side of the story and then made her decision, especially you're talking about Indiana, Ohio, Alabama, Louisiana, Missouri. And that is just a start. North Dakota, South Dakota. These are all states that now have these like six week rules. If you don't have an abortion within six weeks, then it's illegal. Right. Some of them, the new one, Alabama, is right away. You cannot have an, an abortion. Now, it's not it doesn't happen tomorrow. It doesn't happen. November, to, I believe. <laughs> and it has to be voted on, voted upon. But the, the governor of Alabama signed the deal, right? And that governor has a vagina, right? Is yep. a female. Yep. Signed it and said it's a great day for Alabamians. That was her word, Alabamians. It's, uh, yeah, again, I think it, you know, obviously there's a lot of ways to kind of take this, but, you know, it kind of goes back to what is, what is considered life. Now, if we're if life is when you're born, 
now that we're setting that clock back nine months, are these unborn babies? We do they are they paying taxes now? Because essentially their life there's heartbeat is that there's there's a heartbeat like, law. There's there a lot was, of there, new things that are going to stem from there this. There used to be a heartbeat law where they'd hear the heartbeat and so that what is that was six weeks something like that. Do right? you know how much stuff like how much if this is a top priority in your life, and six weeks goes by and this is just misses your schedule, there's something fundamentally wrong with that person, like. If, if you're planning on like, oh, I just didn't get to that abortion like this. Well, a lot of women don't know they're pregnant for the oh, first. Oh, of course. Six, How would you know? Like, you know, you maybe, skip a period. Yeah. It's four weeks. Exactly. So what are they supposed to immediately know? Like a young girl that is just supposed to know? Like that's just. And then she's scared and yeah. like she was raped or something like that. Well, that's another on. gray area. Like the rape and the incest. How is that? But know? that's the thing is like, how is it gray? How Who is it gray fucking to? Who is it gray? How is it gray? They're, they're claiming that life is life. No, they are crazy religious people. That's who they are. I think we all know that. Um, I have friends, and I'm not afraid to call them my friends. They may not want to be my friends after this, but the woman posted something about a community that she lives in. I'm not going to give too many of the details, but she posted a picture with her daughter uh, saying that, you know, that the, what a great day for women that, that they're, they now... They don't have they they don't have to make those choices to have the abortion that they've given other plans and other choices and like how could you as a religious person like how do you how do you take away a woman's right to choose how do right. you and she's like well I I would never take away a woman's right to choose but I don't think I believe in abortion I'm like well there's you but you have to be able to choose that for yourself for right. that to be an effective method of of methodology like yeah I uh so I, <clears throat> like whenever there's a uh, you know, a debate that's kind of charged like this. I always go to my trusted source, which is black Twitter. And <laughs> I found an awesome, it's not awesome. I found a kind of contradictory thing that said Alabama ranks 50th in the nation's uh, schooling where they rank state by state. So if kids are top priority, right. they're ranked 50th out R of 50. In education. In education. Right, right. So I don't see kids being the top priority if they're the last ranked. Let me ask you another. It, well, that's a really great point. But how yeah. about this point that I also heard today that I think makes a lot of sense also. If if they're so pro-life, aren't isn't Alabama for the death penalty? I'm not sure on that. I would imagine. I think so. they are. And so they're so pro-life and most pro-lifers, if you really ask pro-lifers, they are pro-lifers until... It's time for the death penalty. Time for them to get or okay. they're pro-lifers until your baby is transgender, gay, okay. uh, black, uh, whatever your baby is that they don't like. That's when the life doesn't matter to them. And uh, you know, it's it is ridiculous. So, Listen, Dan, we're not. Yeah, no, I uh, I reached out to one of our lawyer mutual friends and just because I don't know. I'm okay. Like, hey, can you sure eli five this for me, which is explain like I'm five. Fine. And that's what she did. So she's like, listen. This is gonna, it's gonna have to go to the higher courts. It's not enforceable until November. Even at that point, it may not be enforceable. So this may be all for nothing, but- I at, hope it but is. But it, it's gonna be, you know, for some, a very scary road, uh, you yeah. know, moving forward. And it's gonna be like treacherous waters. And I guess at this point in, in America, where we are as, as a society and what we consider and value as good or bad, we have to take a real close examination as a nation, as a whole, as a coming together as a people and really figure out where we land on this side. It's crazy.
do we need to look into ourselves? Because I don't think we need to. I think we, us, well, know people ex- feel a certain way about this, and it's kind of been not necessarily glossed over, but there's been this law of the land since the 70s and we haven't come to this forehead this I was point I was born in 74 so my entire life I'll be 45 of this June and my entire life oh no sorry Katie I can't answer you right now babe um, in in my entire life I've only known abortion to be legal yeah, right now it is 100% legal. I know, I know. I'm just afraid I have a daughter and I, my daughter has friends and my friends have daughters and my nieces and I have stake in this, you know? Yeah, I even have, if you're not directly affected, we're not women, we're not no, direct, you're no. indirectly affected. I am 100%, yeah. everybody in the world is affected by yeah. this. It's, it's a big problem and I hope we could figure this out. And I don't want anybody going and blaming one person for this, a president. I think it just or needs a, to be a topic of discussion. It has to be a way to figure this out. There has yeah. to be a way. And anyone that wants to help us figure it out, maybe you can. I don't know. Drop a <laughs> uh, comment. That would be awesome. Send we appreciate email. that. Okay. So let me get back to some more real Loncast issues. I want to say one thing real quick to anybody, uh, all guys, okay? Um, if you wear flip flops, go fuck yourself, please. <laughs> All guys, right? Anybody that are guys, any guys that are wearing flip flops or I, guys that wear flip flops. Oh, let me tell you when you're allowed to wear flip flops. Thank you. I was going to go to the, to the beach. Okay. Like to the beach. Yeah. And home from the beach. Sauna. Shower. Sauna. Yes. Yeah, so, of course. Yeah, yeah. Anywhere filthy. Sauna, shower, gym floor. Okay. Like, not like at the gym. Are but Crocs in the same category? Crocs are better than because I can't see your toes. Toes are the worst part. I don't want to see anyone's feet, you know, like that's the thing is I don't want to see your toes. It's nasty. It's not, not you, you know, feet in general, men's feet in general are disgusting. Dudes, your feet are gross. Okay. I don't care how pretty you think they are. Your wife or your girlfriend tells you they're not, they're just not, you know, who has cute feet? Women. Women have nice feet. Men have gross feet. I don't care how many pedicures you go and get. It's vile. It's disgusting. And flip flops are for like. I hate it, man. You go to a bar and there's guys with flip-flops on or you go to like a job to dinner and guys are wearing flip-flops. I don't want to see your toes. Yeah, my favorite human on this earth is uh, the guy who wears flip-flops, shorts, and a hoodie in 20-degree weather. Oh, that's like every human. that's like New Jersey right there. That's like anyone who's like <laughs> if you if you if you live in New Jersey, you have a friend that went to yeah, school like that. Yeah. Snowing doesn't matter. And it was not just a normal hoodie. It was like one of those Spanish hoodies. Yeah. Like what do they call those things? The long sleeve with the oh, a baja. Uh, like yeah, a, something like that. And it's like at the pocket in the shorts. front. Shorts, no socks. Huge trend. Deaf flip flops. Yeah, yeah. So fuck you, <laughs> flip flop wearing guys. We hate you. Okay, do me a favor, hit the love button if you're watching us or you're watching it um, recorded. Hit the love button uh, and then uh, Dan and I want to tell you something special. So now that we hit our 10 episodes, now we are 100% going to go to a more of a podcast platform. We're going to be doing this over the next 10 weeks. We are going to be doing nine uh, episode 10.5 just for the podcast, and then episode 11 will be for Facebook and the podcast. And we're going to continue to do half podcasts in the middle of the week just for the listeners on podcast because we appreciate you listening. And that's you, Andrew Niebling. We appreciate that, man. Thank you for listening. I'm not sure if that's how you say his last name, but... I think he goes by Andrew Mason. Oh, Andrew Mason. Well, he's a dope uh, musical artist. It's yeah. uh, a... a- 
RSAM. RSAM, and they're going to be at Headliners over Memorial Day weekend. Memorial Day weekend. So he's a big fan, and we appreciate you listening and stuff. Enjoy. And, uh, I just want to take a, a second, just like a moment of silence. Uh, Phil wasn't able to make it here. So I have this bag of sand that tends to have way more personality and tells way better stories than Phil. So thank you, bag of sand. And uh, just want to pour one out for Phil not being here today. So back to... Uh, we appreciate the silence, quite frankly, and Phil's terrible uh, terrible uh, storytelling ability. It's like uh, anticlimactic, I think, is the word that comes to mind. Yeah, well, so what I heard from a lot of people, mostly people with vaginas, was... They were saying if he's as bad at sex as he is at storytelling, it's a no wonder why Phil barely fucks. And that was coming from my kid's teacher, just to be clear. <laughs> and she's like, you know, I don't know. I can't believe that everybody hates Phil so much. You guys started loving him, and now all of a sudden it's like tables you, have turned. They turned on him hard, yeah. man. They turned hard on him. Except Andy Thaw. Andy, you've always been his number one supporter. I still love Phil. Phil is homesick today. That is what But he's Phil here is. in spirit. Or he is here his, in spirit. Uh, his weed aroma. One of the his two. His aroma is still here. <laughs> we can still smell it. That's for sure. <laughs> okay. I have a question, and I have some answers that I went and downloaded. My question, Dan, is for you. Ooh. This week, Dan and I got into a knockout, dragout brawl, and I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It, was, it wasn't fisticuffs. It was verbal. <laughs> it's always verbal. Of course it was verbal. We did it. We always... Listen, so Dan and I are, I think I can say we are both very uh, level-headed at some times. And hard-headed And hard-headed other times. Yeah. And we both have a certain vision and see things a certain way. And there's also times that we hit the hardest at the people we love the most. Yeah. And so my question or topic really is, why do we hit the hardest on the people we love the most? Why do we go for the jugular on our significant others or our like, listen, I respect you as much as I respect anybody in the world. And that's real talk. No bullshit. You're a really hard worker. You're a really good guy. And I never say boo to you. Right? I never, but you say you respect me the same way. Mm -hmm. Yet you come at me sometimes aggressively. And I'm sorry if I'm putting you out on blast no, like no, that, no, but no, I think no, it's, it's important that we talk about it. Yeah. And I think there's no reason why we can't, we already cleared it up. There's yeah. no reason why, but I have some, and I am the same way, yeah. just not to you. Right. See, I have a, I've always had that issue. I uh, tend to hurt the people I care about the most, whether it's but why uh, do we do it? a significant other. We, I say we, because uh, I do it yeah, too. Yeah, no, uh, you know, prime example of us this week. I almost think they would be the first person to forgive because there is that back end. So that can kind of be reflected like, you know what you're saying is shitty, but apparently it means a lot to you. And because you care about this person so much, maybe deep down inside, maybe unconsciously, like you know and they'll know that they'll find forgiveness and you'll be able to work through it so it sucks at the moment yeah it does you're right it was very hurtful i don't it, know i don't have an answer really i'm I, not gonna lie I to think you it is a common theme i think that we as and i hate to say this word but as abusers because in essence it's kind of what it is we could package it however we want to but if we're going to be real honest it's kind of abuse to a degree in, yeah verbal to some extent yeah no i mean it is. It's verbal abuse. No yeah. matter what we talk, no matter how we want. I mean, if we're honest, Dan, we're honest. It's it's, and I do it. I do it to my wife. Unfortunately, sometimes I do it to my children. Unfortunately, sometimes I do it to my employees. Sometimes 
I do it to my mother and father sometimes. Yeah, that's what's crazy about it. Like, you're not waking up thinking that, no. oh, I'm going to, like, verbally assault this person today. And I go to Wawa, and I'm the nicest guy yeah. there because there's nobody I know. Nobody. It's, it's just kind of crazy. I and think you show it, them this other version yeah. of yourself that and it, you yeah. want to portray. Yeah. It's almost like, uh, like I don't like being that person. I don't me think neither. I'm that person all the time. But it's somewhere inside me. And that's, you know, something that you kind of have to realize and kind of work through and you know, maybe not this past time, maybe not the time before, but maybe the time in the future, you take that extra second and just be like, yo, let's just chill out and f let's figure out, like in your head, like maybe because all these experiences have got you to this point where you've actually made the self-realization of this is not right or this is how I should, this is not how I should treat someone. Maybe it is, it just kind of gets to that point where this is not how I treat people anymore. I don't know. I think we're all working on ourselves through this lifetime. I think it's all about self-improvement and Agreed. trying to get better. So if you have well, to eat shit for a little bit and to ultimately get to this idealized place, I think that, you know. So here's the thing. One thing that you had said to me that made a lot of sense that wasn't neither hurt my feelings or not, I just thought made some sense, was that you said a lot of people don't want to hear the fucking truth. And that's and what I had thought about and what I took from that was that they don't want to hear your truth, your yeah. version of the truth. Because their version of the truth may about themselves may be different than your version of the truth. So when I start doing the spelling game with Molly in the car, and I'm like, well, how do you spell cat? And she goes, C-A-T. I'm like, good. How do you spell rat? And she goes, I don't know. I'm like, well, if cat is C-A-T, how do you think rat is spelled? And she'll say, and I freak out. I'm like, yeah, and I'm just like, right, right. Why do I get all the hard words? <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, I don't understand. Sometimes it it um it really gets at you. You know, it really gets to you, and and then you feel bad about what you've done or said. You can't control it. What I did was I downloaded this thing. Uh, it was I found an uh, an article study. Uh, it said uh, we're more likely to be aggressive to the people that we know and love most, not strangers. So it's a thing. 100%. Okay. It's very Googleable. Whether that's because we spend the most time with them or not, we don't really know. It's about the relationships that are more significant to us, but it's still an unknown reason. And one of the reasons they suggest it's an unknown topic is because most people are not honest enough to explain the real reason they're mad at somebody. They package it as another thing. You're mad at them for this, but it's really because of that. But this is my chance to lash out over that this. That is correct. And it's kind of, you know, it's stemming, it's stemming from, from somewhere yeah, else. That, that is I can correct. See that. So one of the basic types of aggression is direct aggression. This involves yelling, hitting, and confrontations all in hurtful actions with words or manners men are more likely than women to use this kind of aggression and that includes sexual aggression which i couldn't even fathom which sounds is that like rape it feels like it sounds like rape yes Ooh. that to me is what it felt like okay. so i don't think i'm that person i'm not a hitter i'm but i am a yeller i'm like uh well, how do you not understand kind of yeller? You know, I'm like, I cannot believe you don't get this. You know, and it makes people feel small, I think. And that's not my goal. It's not really. You know, what you had said to me, and I'm just going to put it all out there, was you said that I try to get the most out of every relationship. Um, whether that, and, 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 and I'm, I'm saying it nicer, I think, than you are, than you did. But in essence. You're upgrading it is what you mean. <laughs> in, in, yeah, you, you said I'm trying to, in essence, get over on every person I meet. And, and, and I said, is that what you're saying? And you said, that's 100% what I was saying. And I said, okay, choose your words carefully because they hurt people when you say that. And if you think that I'm trying to get over on my wife or my mother or my father or Eddie or you, I'm not. I'm just not. As my kids, I'm not. Sometimes, and in business, 
I hate to say it out there. I am always trying to make more money than you. I'm always trying to, not you, you out there. I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to do more. I'm trying to negotiate $5 in my direction is $5 times 100 of those. And then $10 in my direction times 25 of those. And $1,000 direction in my direction. And all, that's how I live. I'm not a Harvard graduate. So for me, I need to make where I can and do what I do. But the way you said it for some reason it hurt my feelings because it, it you insinuated that I was doing it towards like you, which I'm not. And which I said to you was like, what are you, the defender of all good in the world? And because I never did any of this to you, correct? No, again, I think that, I never take advantage of you. Oh, no, no. Again, kind of like that point that you hit on from that article. I think maybe it doesn't have to necessarily be something that I have an issue with you, but maybe just something in my own personal life that one thing will kind of spark heard like another ember and then this flame goes up when you ha really had the fire over here so, so now maybe it could, i could kind of equate it to that almost i, I you made it very clear I, I that that made it very clear for me it was that's a perfect example the other basic type of aggression is non-direct aggression which means hurting without confrontation these are two types of non -direct having sex with someone's girlfriend kind of thing like indirect is hurting someone through something or someone else yeah in essence like having going, sex go yeah, yeah but yeah. they always in essence talk about cheating and this like hurting people and and i don't know that that's like not everybody hurts like that words i think <laughs> the verbal is more of um I think that would be like the first, like someone who has, who's really hurt or really is out for someone will kind of go kind of back roads and kind of figure it out like that. Maybe this is more so easily accessible. Examples maybe. of indirect aggression includes gossiping and spreading rumors, destroying someone's favorite possession. Could you imagine being like in a relationship with somebody or even in a, like, I don't know what I wouldn't care about anybody. Like this is talking about being the most, this is about talking about being the most mean to the people you love the most. Yeah. So I would never go out and do that to them, hurt their, uh, hurt their like, their their. Well, that's more malicious. That's more like malicious in the intent. Destroy in, like, their intent. items. Like that sounds crazy. Yeah, but again, you know, obviously this is a clearly th that's this not somebody you love though. That's somebody that well, you're yeah. pretending to love. Maybe it's like yeah, you know, I I think this is like a. Passive aggressive, ignoring phone calls, giving someone the silent treatment, or showing up late. Oh, you yeah. ever do that shit? I am very punctual, but I tend. <laughs> I know Eddie tends to miss phone calls. He likes to blame it on Sprint, but <laughs> he does blame it on Sprint, bro, for years. I, I, uh, no, I get all the calls. No, what do you mean? I, I got everything. I have no missed calls here. Everything. You called me twenty-seven times. I don't see any of those here. Not one. <laughs> and then when you call him, God forbid, you miss a call. Oh yeah, I needed you. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, all right. <laughs> Significant others and friends are more likely to receive the brunt of a person's anger. This is like from a college perspective. I think that um, direct aggression with siblings, verbal or physical, might be a safety issue. People confront their siblings most because they're safe. They do it like that because they know they can be direct with them. They don't need to be passive. And siblings will always be their siblings. So they feel like they can say whatever they want and get away with it. Yeah, I think I kind of... Yeah. That's that's what this this yeah. is what the study is. I think saying. it all checks out in my head. Friends are more likely to target non-direct aggression, either indirect or passive. Both uh, say, "Oh, I didn't mean to hurt you like that. I'm so sorry." But you did. You meant to hurt me just the way you meant to. It's just not you, but well, maybe you too. Aggressive people can be genuinely confused about motivation behind their aggression. I think that's me. I am genuinely confused of why I fly off the handle so much. I hate the fact that my dad says. 
narsons have fat bellies. Oh. No, fat narsons have fat bellies. That's what because we. <laughs> Is that his saying? I swear to God, narsons have fat bellies. That's like a thing in like the narson life. Like narsons have fat bellies. Like narsons ever try to diet and do sit-ups? You know, like, <laughs> Listen, you could start this. <laughs> that's what I'm doing. Yeah, that's, that's where me. we got it from. That's you know, what we like, have a chiseled six-pack. Yeah, chiseled six-pack Lonnie. Yeah, you know, you know, no dairy. Six narsons. generations ago, the no dairy narsons. Drew the line in the sand. That is correct. And you the know, line here we the, are. The line in the dairy in sand. Twenty fifty-six or whenever. That's dairy is deadly. You heard it here first, or not first, but you heard it here also. All right, and the last one is we still don't understand exactly how harmful aggression is to both targets, people who express it. But if you are constantly dealing with aggression and refuse to deal with it. They do suggest we seek some psychological help because it would bottle up and possibly cause. Yeah. That's what I said. Just harm. kind of take a second and see how maybe play it out in your head it if does you can. Hurt my stomach when I make somebody else feel bad. It feels I awful. I hate it so much. It's a shitty feeling. It's a terrible, terrible. But again, feeling. you're not waking up that day planning on doing this. Maybe some no, people are. And sometimes it flies off. I fly off the handle. I can't help myself. I wish I could. I just it, it just happens in a matter of a second. It happens and it changes that quick. All right, let's talk about something nice for a second. We have an in-studio guest. Uh, my friend Mike Rosenthal is here in studio, and he manages. Well, I won't tell you what he does professionally, but I am going to tell you that he is the biggest Rush fanatic, the band Rush that does today's Tom Sawyer, I got high on you, I got high on you, I got high on you. <laughs> that song, right? So Rush is a crazy band that doesn't tour anymore. My friend Mike went to like 50 concerts. Uh, no, 145. You're allowed to talk? 134. 134. Jesus. He went to 134 <laughs> Rush concerts? 134 Rush concerts this person went to. In all of a matter of how many years this was? Uh, my first one was March of 86. March of 86. And when was the bulk of them? Oh, since 2008, I've seen 32, 64, 93 shows. Jesus. Dedication? A dedication or crazy. Um, so we can get into all the reasons why you shouldn't travel with Rush or any rock band for that matter. There's Mike right there. All right, so now Mike is going to tell us a little bit about a charity, a fundraiser, a foundation that he works with. I'm going to give him my microphone, and Mike is going to take over. Thank you. Appreciate the opportunity. Of course, Mike. Um, it's great to be here. Um, Rush has always been a band that's been um, humanistic, philanthropic, and very generous over the years. Um, I remember bringing canned goods to their shows they raised money for Calgary flood relief, donating all the proceeds of the shows. It was for 160 grand or something like that. So a few years ago, uh, we started raising some money here and there for little organ, you know, little causes. And why not centralize efforts? And we started a 501c3 organization in 2014 called Overtime Angels. Uh, Rush has a song, Working Them Angels, and that's kind of a play on their lyrics. And basically what I've learned through some of the harder times in my life is that sometimes people need a little bit of help. You need a friend or you need a voice. And sometimes you need a little bit of cash to right. get you through what we call being between the wheels. And um, so we've also learned that Rush fans in general, not to put down other fans, but the fans tend oh, to be. Fans, <laughs> Screw those bitches. The, the, the fans tend Yo, to. Yo, Twisted Sister fans could suck my dick. I was at a Twisted Sister show, right. and every fan knew every word to every song. Like so. I said, Twisted Sister fans are legit. <laughs> so passionate group there too. Um, but Rush fans just—they're they're wonderful and generous, and um, 
I want to tell you a story. So I'm going to get Mike's point across for him. Here it goes. So one of my clients, one of our clients at our business, uh, after his wedding, found out he had cancer. He's an avid listener. His name is Bobby. And they were doing all kinds of fundraisers for Bobby. And uh, he was raising money. And he had this terrible, terrible cancer. It was ravaging his body. And... Mike had just started with his two other partners. They don't make any money, obviously. This is a 100% donations, right? So the money goes directly to people that are desperately in need for this kind of money. And uh, basically, I asked Bobby what his mortgage was for the month. And uh, Mike and uh, this charity uh, called Overtime Angels wrote a check Oh wow! for that mortgage payment. And I'm getting the chills now just talking about it because it was so intense. I'd never had somebody hand me that kind of money. I'm getting like, um, like I'm clamped. Yeah, a little bit. It's like, it was so beautiful. When I gave Bobby, well, Bobby was so sick at the time. I had to give his mom the money and she was hysterical and his wife and he had a baby at the time. And it was a beautiful moment and it really is. And so, you know, like it gets me to a point that I'm glad you're here for this part of the conversation, Mike. And let's try to get Mike in a little closer to Dan this way. Right. So we can try to fill in and. <laughs> Perfect. I don't care how long we go today. We are gonna. We're on. Te- this is a ten-year. This is our ten-episode, uh, a long episode. Yeah, so who there. cares, right? So we were. This goes now to the t- one of our topics for the day. Um, how far will you go for somebody? Not somebody in particular, but I'm going to tell you who specifically. First, we start with loved ones. For loved ones, I think everybody normal goes as far as you could possibly go. Right, you go over to the edge of the limit as far as you can go. You give them everything you can, until you have nothing left, and then you start from scratch together and you move forward. And that's what you do for your spouse, parents, siblings, the the core, those core people. That has to be your your children. That has to be your core. I mean, that has to be. Then from there, it goes to loved ones. That includes best friends, family friends. That includes significant others. That includes everybody that's on that second tier right there. And once again, you'd probably do anything for those people. Then you get to a point, right? Associates, people you work with. Human nature says you want to help. Mm-hmm. And if you're at your, your parking lot at work and somebody in the work parking lot, if their car is dead, you're probably going to help them. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe a jump, let them use your AAA whatever right Mm -hmm. then you get to strangers strangers are people that have done nothing to you Mm -hmm. if it's an okay situation seemingly not dangerous to yourself you probably go out of your way right or do you not go out of your way for a stranger Uh, we've all established that we probably go out of our way for most people as long as it was within reason so in my experience i kind of got through maybe the first part of my life as just <clears throat> giving myself 100% to pretty much everyone until the point I was just get, I was getting taken advantage of into the sense of like, hey, it could come down to something as simple as sending a song, you know, like something that they couldn't find. Hey, send that over. I'd be like, without even thinking, here you go. And then next thing I know, it's like, oh, I found this. I was the first person for this. And like, so I kept on doing nice things until I realized that I wasn't benefiting from being nice to other people, you know? I mean, so So I got to the point where I was just like, I'm very selective with who I am helpful to. Just because I got burned so many goddamn times, because I was so nice, I did everything in my power that I could for all walks of life, different people in and out, 
I did, I went a little over and beyond and then I just got burned. Are you more likely to do something for a stranger that hasn't burned you or a friend that's already been like non-complicit? And like, what I mean is like, you help somebody move, you help somebody paint, and then it's time for them to give you a hand doing anything. And it's like, oh, I forgot it's my aunt's graduation yeah. so, from nursing academy. And you're like, what the fuck, bro? Yeah, I, I mean, for me, like weekly, if I go to like um, a Dunkin', a Starbucks, any like drive through I will usually buy the person behind his me's meal or whatever it is. Every and time or just like once every, a week? Like once a week. Okay. Not every time, like no, once, once a week. Okay. And if they pay that forward to the person behind them, that's cool too. That's cool but it's too. just something, again, to a stranger, it's just something that could brighten that person's day. So that's a complete stranger. I now, will never see them again in my entire life. It just makes you feel good. Maybe you feel a little down. Now let me ask you, you the real bit. question. Something I think you guys know, you know me both well, very well. Uh, the answer for me would be a straight up go fuck yourself. But maybe you guys have a different story. If an enemy was, was in desperate need of help, and I mean an enemy. I'm not talking about some rando that you guys like don't like because I'm talking about somebody that has definitely done you wrong. Somebody that has tried to in some way hurt you. Now you see them and there is something real wrong in their life. Do you just gracefully roll past and say sorry? Do you say, hey, here's a handout because I feel like I should help everybody? Or are you like, yo, go fuck yourself and stand in front of them and piss on them while they're in trouble? I think there's probably two mindsets with that. <clears throat> It's probably where you are with you. If you've come to the terms and like why and how and where you've been burned, you've realized that you've understood that you're the better person. Then maybe you can think of it one of two ways. I don't need to help this person. I'm better off without him or I'm better than that shitty person. Why not? You know what I mean? So that's what the you would want to think like, oh, I'll help anybody that needs help because I'm a good person. You know, I don't want to see somebody suffer, but. If it's somebody who I want to see suffer, I don't mind because this person's already stuck a fucking knife in my back or a dick in my butt and I was not feeling it. You know, it was just not something I was feeling. Again, I think it's situational at best and you kind of have to. I don't think everyone's going out of their. Again, I'm hoping a lot of people don't have enemies like quote unquote. Oh, bro, I got they enemies. Have a lair, they have an evil monkey on the side. Like, I hope people don't have enemies. You don't think you have enemies? You don't think there's guys out there that are just like, yo, F Dan Emerson, and here's my plan to get rid of him? I'm like 97% sure that that is not a thing. Can I ask you a serious question? Yeah. 100% no bullshit. Okay. Do you think there are not people out there that are like, oh, I'm going to take Lonnie out? Fuck that shit. I'm winning. He's losing. Like maliciously against you? Correct. Do I think that? I'm asking you that a serious it, that question. It, that they, it keeps them up at night. Like this is like they have a big white chalkboard and arrows pointing, and like they have a cat that they just pet by the fire. Is that what you're ins insinuating? Yes. <laughs> I again, I'm gonna say ninety percent, ninety-seven percent chance that that is not actual. Well, I think you're fucking full of shit, Dan, because I'm let me telling tell you, you, I don't think people are malicious in their nature. Unless I think that people otherwise. are jealous innately or inherently in life. I think and that's that, a learned thing. I think. No, 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 no. It's not a learned thing. You're born jealous or you're not jealous. So here it goes. My daughter's five and she's jealous. My son is three and he doesn't give two fucks that I didn't teach them or raise them any differently. Molly sees that you have something and she's like, well, where's mine? Teddy sees that you have something. He just wants to know how it was and where'd you get it? And can he play with it? So you are born jealous. You are born jealous or you're, you're either, you're not, you don't learn to be jealous. 
Is that like a like a Freud thing that goes back? Well, to you like, can talk. Yeah, that, I think it's two different issues. I mean, that comes from the ego, yeah. and the ego develops after a period of time. So somebody that's really little doesn't have the ego, and then we start to get it, and we learn more about material position. But what about the id? Isn't the id what's already innately inside of you? That's just survival. The id is what's inside of you. Yeah. That's the person. That's what's telling you. There's I need the food, the I need ego, the super ego. Yeah, no, the superego is what allows us to do right or wrong or be more enlightened where you're talking about, hey, should I be philanthropic? Or, wait a second, I don't have enough energy and I need to keep some of this for myself. Can you and show... Can and you, maybe it's not always fuck you. Maybe it's just, hey, I can't help you right now because I got to get home to my family. Sometimes it's not. There's a book called Strangers Drowning that talks about people that are so altruistic they give away everything for their causes. And then there's nothing left for themselves. And it's a real interesting study in people because how does somebody do that? You need to sleep under a roof and eat food. But some people become passionate about a cause. And it's funny that you put it that way because at my aunt's funeral many years ago, my mom's sister passed away. It was my favorite. I mean, I loved my aunt so much and, and I miss her so much. And she was just such a cool, down-to-earth woman. And she passed away and she was so involved in her daughter and her son and her husband and my grandparents and my mother and my cleft lip and my dad's job things and my sister's plays and and everybody else's everything and then when she died everyone said you know she never had a moment for herself she never did anything for herself it was always for everybody else and so you can't live like that that's no way to survive either that's not that's not a plan that's not a way to for everybody to to have a way for you to for you to survive you have to have a plan and the part of the plan has to be you on the bottom of that pyramid and on the top of that pyramid you have to be part of the base as well as the most important part the top and the bottom like a lani sandwich <laughs> a lani sandwich to katie that sounds absolutely vile <laughs> she definitely does not want to eat that lani sandwich i assure you so Mike is here today, obviously, because he's my friend, but he definitely is involved. It's called Overtime Angels. And what's the website? Uh, the website is OvertimeAngels.org. We're having an event, um, which is the third annual rush camp. It's Labor Day weekend in the Poconos. So you can get information, OvertimeAngels.org slash Rush Camp 2019. Is this for kids? Uh, no, it's an adult event, um, typically uh, 18, 21, and up. Um, last year, we were fortunate to actually get in touch with um, the band, and they signed some photos for us, which we auctioned off, and we were able to raise, um, I think, about $12,000 for charity last year. Wow. So we're hoping to knock the cover off the ball again this year. And uh, How many total people do you think you're going to have at Rush Camp this year? Uh, we're hoping for somewhere between 125 and 150. And that's pretty big that's a pretty big um, and it's a three-day event it starts friday afternoon and it'll end um sunday afternoon all right so i have some rush questions for you because i know you know everything about rush so a uh, rumor has it that neil peart has the biggest cock out of the three of them is that true is that true Neil Peart has the biggest dick he's actually a very private guy so i wouldn't know anything about that and, okay um, because I heard that uh, when I was doing a little research on the band, that was everything was about his big horse cock. Everything was like just everything was about his big big wang. Never heard anything about that. Really? Uh, the band was 
They basically married their high school sweethearts. I'm joking. Yeah, I never. No, I did no research on Neil Peart. Uh, I'm, I'm not even sure if I'm saying it correctly, right? You actually are Neil Peart. I'm very proud of myself for even knowing that because I hang out so much with Mike. All right, so my last topic of the day. Oh no, you know what? Let's get to Dan's tech tips and music tips. Let's do that because that's. Do first? I think tech tip. You were very pumped about that. All right, so this week we kind of started this back a couple weeks. This is uh, kind of the tech tips and kind of looking back on uh, our viewership and uh, you know who kind of listens to the podcast. I kind of noticed is a little bit skewed older than myself, that's which is great. Uh, so I have some iPhone hacks for people that may be a little bit older than myself. So the first one, the iPhone has a magnifying glass. Uh, that's not the camera in the actual iPhone. You just have to activate it. So it's pretty straightforward. Uh, you go to general, you go to accessibility, uh, hold on, general accessibility. And you just click on where it says magnifier. And you click that on and then you triple click the side and you click magnifier. And if you can kind of see it, you can kind of just zoom in to things. And if you can't see them, it's not like your camera. Some people do it with the camera, but some people really can't see. So this is a way to kind of do it. And if you have, um, if you have issues with color sensitivity, you can kind of make it so you can kind of see the text if you can't see certain colors. So that's the magnifier. You go to general, accessibility you click on the magnifier you triple click the top button brings it up and it can help with everything from seeing things far away where do you keep your um, pocket protector i never say it oh yeah yeah i it's left it i left it in the car in obviously other, in your other jacket yes so that's fucking nerd that's the Holy first shit. tech tip so that knows this where so do that, you find this out so that's the iphone magnifier second there is an iphone app called the measure app for your weed really cool so it's installed on all iphones and literally it uses your phone's camera as a tape measure so you're going like this oh, tape measurer so now i want to know how big this piece of paper is you click right there and ten. then you measure and then you want to go up here you click and you go like that Dan's doing a lot and of look, technical shit and it's right a now. virtual it's virtual you can kind of see it where is it? See? Oh, I do see it. Oh, it's eight by ten, just like I told you. Eight and a eight half. Eight and a half by ten. So it's the Yeah. So that is the measure. And um, so those are the how'd two. You, how'd you get to the measure on? So it you, you just have to search on your phone. It's pre-installed on all, all iPhones. And hit the word measure in your bar. Yeah. Up top. And okay. It's really cool if you, you run out of type in magnifier, we'll get to the same. It route. won't. That one you have to access. Okay. So that's general accessibility. And then you have to click that on. And now the most important one that I don't think a lot of people know about in the iPhone is the health app, which is huge. Um, the one that has the heart on it? The one that has the heart on it. So if you just type in health on your iPhone it brings up all your stats and kind of contracts. But what's more importantly uh, in the health app is what your medical ID is. So if you come here, you go to your medical ID, you can update your medical ID with your date of birth, your name, your location, your medical conditions, your medical notes, anything you're allergic or any reactions to medications. You can also put your blood type. If you're an organ donor, you can also put your emergency contact. Now, why would this come into play, right? Say you got hit by a car and you can't, you know, God forbid, right? Let's All, just say you got hit by the car. Just okay, God forbid. I got hit by the <laughs> car, right? If you five press the top button, this is going to call emergency SOS. 
in three seconds, right? So I just ended it. I canceled it. But that's the way. So look, anyone who's on their lock screen right now, all you have to do is go to emergency. You hit your medical ID, and this will bring up all your information. So you, so, and you don't have to have the passcode to access this. So this is just good to kind of store it in an extra place because you never know the oh shits and what ifs of life. That's a line that I taught you, by the way. Oh shits and what ifs. I invented that. I think that's a legal, no. legal gray area. No, 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 no. When it gets put on a shirt, I want half. Okay. That could be our, that could be our uh, slogan for today. Oh shits and what ifs. I like it. So those are the tech tips of the week. Uh, iPhone magnifying glass, the measure app, and the medical ID. I'm all if you have in. any questions, please uh, drop a comment, a like, and send the questions to uh, the Longcast at Gmail. Do us a favor, hit the like button right now if you're watching live. I want to shout out a couple of our viewers that I didn't shout out last week. Uh, Matt from San Diego, my fraternity brother, is always watching, and I appreciate that. Go download the app and listen in your car, listen at work. EF, my man, always sending in questions from Florida, checking us out, watching, listening. Uh, and who else? Oh, JM in Old Bridge. Uh, Jeff, you're the man. We heard you, what you said about Twitch and uh, the other... Sh um, <laughs> uh, Twitch and YouTube? Uh, Twitch and YouTube about getting the show up there. And so one of the things we are going to do is start a YouTube page um, uh, so you can subscribe to the, the Dan and Lonnie show so we can get this thing really moving send it to friends and get it going. My last topic for the day is something I'm gonna to touch upon that I did. I'm gonna to touch upon it every week until I change my friends' minds. I am not sure why strangers and people that I barely know are watching and listening to this fucking podcast. We're doing it for friends. We're doing it for each other. I tell stories about each and every one of you. You guys not listening is basically taking your cocks out, dipping it on my face and giving me a tea bag. That's what you're doing. By telling me you don't want to hear what I have to say, it just means whenever we have a conversation, you're not actually listening. Because this is the same shit I'd be telling you. So get your priorities straight. Stop listening to fucking your gay-ass fucking music. And not that I have any problem with gay. I just use gay as a terminology, like uh, as if I was going to say you're terrible-ass music. Although I don't think gay is terrible, so I probably shouldn't use that term anymore. Fuck. I like saying it like that, though. But I can't, so I won't. So, friends who don't support you, why? What is the issue with it? My wife owns a business, and some people will buy products from her. It's uh, Katie Narson, RF at Yahoo.com, Rodan and Fields. Uh, they're just doing this whole mask line they're setting up. People are buying them. Mike supports the product. He buys for his uh, girlfriend. Um, she loves the products. My mother supports it. Her mother supports it. Friends of hers use it here and there. But there's so many people that are afraid to even just hit the like button or share it. It doesn't cost anything. And she is not the kind of person that's going to come up and jump on you and be like, buy my products, buy my products. If you want to buy it, you know how to get in touch with her. But what's the problem with sharing it or liking it or being some sort of a catalyst in helping? I'll tell you why. Because you're fucking jealous. You're upset. You're mad. You're miserable. There's a problem in your own life. Which is the same reason why you're not listening or supporting your friends doing a podcast like this. If one of my friends said, hey, Lonnie, I'm doing a podcast about history, I'd be like, yo, I don't like history. Sorry, I'm not going to listen. I'll listen if you want me to, to give you pointers on how to speak in public or how to use your microphone properly. But after that, I'm not going to pay attention to your content. I'd be honest. Be fucking honest with me. Have a set of fucking balls. Stop it already. Enough with this. We're best friend shit. Enough with this. We're friend shit. You see me every day. You don't fucking listen to my show. We talk here and there. You don't listen to my show. Fuck yourself. I don't really give a fuck. Honestly, I'm at this point where in my life where like, the same people who say we're best friends ask me for advice about planning their kids' bat mitzvah and then don't hire me. 
They're all my mother-in-law is paying. Fuck you and your cunty mother-in-law. How about that? How about all that? What about you, Dan? What do you think about people not supporting you? I uh, I don't think it sways me one way or the other. If anything, it makes me work harder. But uh, work harder. These are your friends. I don't need. Uh, <laughs> I don't need my friends to stroke your ego. I don't need it. I don't need a cheering section if I'm passionate about something. If I want to do something, I don't give a fuck. Doesn't I it insult you? It doesn't. I I literally for me for me personally yeah, does not cross my mind. I don't, I don't wake up one day like thinking, hey, why didn't I get 56 likes on this instead mm. of 55? I don't I, do that. Or like, why am I? It's, it's actually, I don't care about the 56 likes. If I had two likes and it was from the people that I was targeting. Again, I don't, di I don't dive that deep into it. If I'm doing something that I enjoy, I don't give a shit if I don't have uh, Mo, Curly, and Sue in the background cheering me on or not. I don't, it, for me, I don't need that. Uh, approval of anyone else around me. Like, I think what it boils down to is the same thing that I think our lives boil down to, quite frankly. You were raised by wolves in Alaska and basically were set free at 15. Yeah. And I was babied until I was 23, possibly till 43. And, and I, yeah, but I, and I, I don't, know. and I don't, I'm not blaming my mom and dad. And I, you shouldn't blame your mom. No, and I dad. mean, I've been on my own since I was like 17. So for me, it's a little different. <laughs> I've lived on my own since uh, I'm 18, but that doesn't mean I've been on my own. My parents right. have been with me every step of the way. Have given me everything I've needed, and you've never kind of been. I don't want to blow you up, but your parents aren't listening to the show. They're they're not like people are handing. They, nobody handed you anything. No, they had to do their laundry. They're not listening. <laughs> they definitely were busy this time. Every every time, all so they're hanging out with my best friends, not uh, listening. So again, I think that's a I think it thing. I think it boils down to me always getting the attention from my parents. Like, um, yeah. you did great at baseball. You did great on this play. You did great at wrestling. You did great in football. You did great with your business. You did great with this. Like, I I need my friends or want my friends to give me that those accolades or be like, I don't think you're very good at it. I'd rather I mean, that. You just kind of said it yourself. Is it a need or a want? Do you need? I don't that? need it. So I want know, it. It's kind of like you know let, weighing out both sides. What do we need? Did in you this just life? say Wang? Weighing out both sides. I thought like, said Wang. Oh, like what do we need versus what do we want? Maybe you want the respect and the you know the you want them to want to do that, or do you need them? I don't to even know. This is where this is where the line is gray. Because I don't care if they like it or not. I want them to listen to it and give it a chance. Okay. And that's the hurtful part. So I don't like wrestling. So I'm just not going to watch wrestling. Okay. So something that you don't like, you're, you just self-admittedly said that you're not going to do it. So why... If you, said, if you said to me, which I have not said to them, right? I have not said, hey, please listen to it. Although I have actually at some points. So like, hey, have you had a chance to listen? No, not yet, but I'm in the car, I will. But so far, no no movement. But And it's not just one or two people. There's a few people that I would yeah. consider the best friends in my life. Honestly, I mean, there's only a couple of them that have not listened. But there's people out there that, like family members, that I would have thought for sure would have been listening. And some of them are, and some of them aren't. And it, you're, you're kind of try to figure out why like what did there's 10 episodes there's certainly been an opportunity it's been yeah, 10 there's definitely weeks content but again it, it could go back to that why not sharing something why not liking something because it's just not affecting their lives maybe I, I don't know is it possible that it's not a personal thing yeah, that maybe just, just their capability 
to extend themselves to lots of other people and causes isn't there. And I've learned that sometimes it's sad that some people have some limitations, but then it also frees me up because then I don't have to take it personally. And I realize, wait a second, they might not be a wonderful partner for their relationship. So if they're not a wonderful partner for their relationship, yeah. they ain't going to listen to my podcast. You know, and That's a good point. You know, That's a very good point, actually. Who, where they are, and it doesn't mean that they're always going to be like that. But sometimes I've learned that people's limitations, because we've noticed this sometimes with Overtime Angels. It's a charity. How could somebody not support a charity? It doesn't cost anything to click like or share. Right. And I have some quote-unquote friends that nothing. it's like... It doesn't, it doesn't exist. exist. Right, 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 right. And I just scratch my head. I'm like, because right, you make you make you make are. all your friends a priority, and all of the people in your life a priority. I know sure. you personally for my whole life, in essence, and so I know that about you. So for people like I've made it my business to whether it's supporting you financially or sharing it or talking about it here on the podcast in some way, I'm always down for Mike Rosenthal's goals or dreams. And I think, but that's what I'm trying to suggest is like I don't listen to your music. Mm-hmm. But I've listened to your music, and I don't listen to your music, but I love helping people. That's the key. So that's where your energy comes from. But maybe not everyone's energy comes from that. No, I think I think it's innately. I'm very. I'm a very content, happy person in my life. I'm not always content with like. I wish I was a millionaire. I just. I just am not, and that's the one thing that drives me crazy every day. Is that I feel like I have all of this to give, and I don't know how to give it more than I give. And I wish everybody appreciated it. There's a rush lyric for everything, and you're hopefully at discontent from Tom Sawyer. Wow. So there we go. Okay, one last thing uh, besides Dan's music I wanted to talk about. Next week, we're going to – everybody has homework for the show this week. Dan and I are doing our homework currently. Mike, you're going to do it also. And we're going to talk about next week uh, the Wu-Tang Clan documentary. From the slums of Shaolin, the Wu-Tang Clan strikes again. Their new album is coming out, coincidentally, uh, at the end of the summer or the beginning of the summer, 2019. The RZA, the JZA, the Old Dirty Bizza, Inspect the Dick, Abadonna, Raekwon the Chef. You God, Ghostface, Killer, and M-E-T-H-O-D, man. (laughs) So all of these guys, there's nine of them, which is unbelievable. I didn't know that. So we're going to talk about that next week. All four episodes are streaming on Showtime On Demand. You can go watch that easily. But (laughs) we always do a birthday episode where we shout out birthdays. And today there's one singular birthday for one of my favorite human beings on the planet. He is one of my best friends in the world. He is best man at my wedding, one of three, because I'm cool like that uh and his name is jason schick right i'm not not his full name but that's all you need to know and jay schick is one of the greatest human beings on the planet not just for being my friend but that also requires probably getting a ribbon of some sort he's been there for me from day one we met when we were young boys our parents were friends and uh, as we got older we remained friends we lost contact for a little while then we showed up back in each other's lives while we were like 11 or 12 working at a camp together pied piper playhouse Shout out all those Pied Piper Playhouse peeps. And so a lot of great friendships and memories came from there. But as we got older, Jason and I realized that we had a lot of things in common. Most importantly was we both love that herbage. So what we would do is we would go to friends' houses and we would burn and hang out. And ultimately, we were 17, 18 years old. And a friend, a mutual friend, a third friend, his mom, my mom, and this other person, this other person wasn't as close to their side, but very close to my side, and told my parents that he was selling drugs and that I shouldn't be a part of his life anymore. And we couldn't be friends anymore. And my mother or father, one of them, told the parents and said, he's selling drugs. And whether he was or wasn't, which I don't think he was at the time, um, 
we told our parents to go fuck themselves. We were like, we don't care what you tell us. We're going to be friends no matter what, because we're cool like that. He's my best friend. He was there for me when I was single and everybody else was getting together and married. Jason and I were both single. We would have lobster night and steak night and go meet chicks and go out and party all night long. And he'd punch me in my face or I'd punch him in his face and we were best friends for it. One night we were out at the Groove Lounge, Circle Long Branch, which was amazing back in the day. And we were getting in our cab to go home and he beat me up in the parking lot. And I'm pretty sure he broke my shoulder. And so the next, this is a real story. So the next, and I was making out with a girl in the parking lot. And he like tackled me in the parking lot. He's like six foot three, 300 pounds, tackled me in the parking lot, landed on me. I was like, I think you just broke my shoulder. And the girl was like, I'm just going to go home now. Like, all right, whatever. I was like, on the way home, I said to him, bro, listen, I think you broke my shoulders. I, I can't take you to the hospital and I got to wake up for work. And I got to, I kosher caterer. So we had like a Friday morning Shabbat lunch. <laughs> For the Deborah Foundation, we were probably up all night partying, if you know what I mean. And uh, he goes to work in the morning, and I, I'm like, oh, he, I wake up, I'm like, he broke my shoulder, 100%. Broke my shoulder. I, I, I call him, I'm like, you need to leave work and come and get me and bring me to the hospital. I was already living in my old house on Long Road. And because uh, I wasn't going to dare call my mom and be like, Jason beat me up again, because right? you know, that's all I needed to say. And so I get to the hospital. He picks me up. We smoke the biggest bowl ever. We go. I was, we knew it was going to be a long day. And we get to the hospital. And then all of a sudden, I get into the room. They say, take off your shirt. And who's the nurse to intake me? The girl I was making out with in the parking no lot the night before. I swear to God on my fucking children's lives. And I'm like... No, I'm in pretty good shape right now. I was in terrible shape then. I was just partying like a lunatic. So heavy. I was so grossed out. And I'm a, now I'm in the hospital gown with my belly out, hanging out. I thought I was funny. Instead of putting it on backwards, I put it on forwards. So, like, my belly's out, hanging out. And this nurse, gorgeous, like, brunette from Freehold, walks in. And she's like, oh, for, you got to be kidding me with you, too. And I'll never forget it. He was the, he's like, oh, please don't judge my friend on this. And she was like, yeah, you guys are both kind of weird. I'm not going to ever talk to either of you again. Just, here, you have a separated shoulder. Take these pills. I was like, can he have some too? <laughs> <laughs> we went home. We shared the drugs and we fucking ordered in some lobsters. Or he went and got us some. Jason, you're the greatest. You're the best friend <laughs> any guy could ask for. You beat up everybody that ever tried to fight with me that I couldn't beat up myself. And uh, I love you immeasurably, brother. Have a great rest of your day and uh, the best, uh, the best. May this be the start of your best years yet. You deserve it with your beautiful family. Happy birthday, brother, from all of us, from the Loncast. That's Mike Rosenthal. That's Dan Emerson. I'm Lonnie Narson, and you have just been part of history, episode 10. And I got news for you. Check this out. One day, one day when this is all famous and going into history and everybody's redoing this, you guys are going to look at this. These papers are going to be like in the Beatles time catalog. Someone's going to be bidding on these shits. Oh, Dan, your music. We didn't get to your music. We can do it if you want, real quick. Real quick. Real quick, music. So we have the first contender for Song of the Summer, Ed Sheeran and Jay Beebs. Oh. I don't care. I have been asking for the Song of the Summer. I think this is a strong contender. Could be. We don't know. So Anything this is with Ed Sheeran and Justin the, Bieber. Does, the Bieb, does, yeah. does the Biebs have a shirt off in the video? Unfortunately not. Oh, well. I was going to so, say if he did, it was a home run for sure. called I Don't Care, possible contender for Song of the Summer. Next, Logic and Eminem. song is called That's Homicide. That's a good song. Little fun fact, Logic is half black, so when he says the N-word, he gets a pass because he's whiter than me. Looks really weird. He's using the E-R, not the A, correct? Oh, yeah, the hard one. Oh, yeah. Caught me off guard. Had to do a little research. His dad is a black gentleman. Did not know that. Like so, Drake. Yes, so just be aware of that. 
that song is super dope. You gotta, <laughs> you, you, you gotta listen to the, the end. Chris D'Elia's bit at the end of that song is absolutely hilarious. And then wait, I wait, oh, Chris D'Elia, the guy from the Whitney the show, comedian the comedian at the end. Yes, so yeah, listen to the funny. end of the song. It's hilarious. Then, my thumb, thumb, uh, these guys probably hate me. I've been listening to the song on oh. repeat all Actually, goddamn no, week. I like it. It's a uh, like a beachy tempo version of Streets of Philadelphia. It's tell the me. Christian Cardwell remix. I'll tell you the it way, Dan. super dope. I said to Dan, I don't see you playing this like at a club. And he said, no, no, no. But picture this, cleaning my pool on a Saturday morning. I was like, Fuck And then his head exploded. Yes. <laughs> Fuck yes. Dude, that's exactly what you want to hear. Streets of Philadelphia with a dance beat behind it. Um, all that, all day. Yeah, super tropical. So those are the songs. This is the podcast. Thank you so much, guys. Loncast episode 10, bro. X out, motherfuckers. Thank you. Peace. Oh, shit, Dan.